Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Google, Spotify, Apple, you name it. Go find the podcast section or the podcast button. If you have an Apple phone, for example, it's a purple podcast button. Located somewhere in a folder, maybe the health section. I don't know why mine's in there, but go find it. Tap it. Hit search. Type in ML Sports Platter. And you can hit subscribe. And new and archived episodes will go right into your smartphone device delivered like pieces of mail. How cool is that? The ML Sports Platter, of course, presented by Stanley Law Offices, Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, and our good friends at Prestwick Golf. If you're in and around Central New York, you're a golfer, you need those golf grips to be exact and tight and right, because let's face it, golf is about feel. Go see my man Ed Patterson at Prestwick Golf. He's been doing it for years. I just got my clubs regripped there uh, a couple of months ago, and I couldn't be happier. Ed does great work. And by the way, he has access to all the big-time clubs as well. He's got new and used clubs in his place. Uh, he has you know other accessories for golf, like uh, ball markers and divot uh, tools and, and some other things. But he has access to the best clubs around. He can get the new titles, the TaylorMade, the Ping, uh, you name it. And so make sure you go not only get your golf clubs uh, re-gripped, but ask him about those new irons as well. Prestwick Golf, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Before I bring in my good pal Jim Lurch from uh, Syracuse Radio, he and I have been buddies for a long time. I I can't believe I interned for Jim 21 years ago at Channel 9 in Syracuse. Um, He's still doing uh, some morning show uh, work uh, in Central New York, and we're going to just chat a little bit about Masters Week and the start of the MLB season, uh, and we'll do a quick recap on Syracuse basketball as well. Before I do all that, I wanted to chat about the start of the Major League Baseball season and and kind of some, some opening weekend takeaways and what the future looks like, you know, near and far and, and, and the whole deal, um, This is being recorded on a Monday, and it'll go up on Tuesday, so we'll miss Monday's action. If something huge happens, you'll know what it is. But like opening weekend, what were you know what were the takeaways? Opening week, who's hot out of the gate? Uh, teams that look like they're in midseason form, players, etc. The the first thing that I want to get to is Shohei Otani. I mean, look, there's no doubt that this two way superstar, if he is healthy, his impact is is monumental. 
Uh, I don't want to hear about the Babe Ruth comparisons and all that because he hasn't been healthy for long enough here, right? But this guy, I mean, look, it, it, again, if he's healthy, it, it, it's his ability is through the roof. Um, he has an unbelievable repertoire of fastball and breaking pitches. Um, you know, he's got a spectacular splitter inside that repertoire that's basically unhittable when he has it going. You want to talk about the ability to hit. I mean, on the first pitch Sunday night baseball, he cranked it to right center field. I mean, the, the bat speed and the, 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 the body control and the perfect torque was, was just gross. I mean, if you're a baseball purist and you love those purest type of things, I I was so impressed. Uh, so Tani was crazy great in that game against the White Sox. Uh, the Angels, you know, out of the gate here, you know, they look kind of the part, right? I mean, they beat the White Sox 7-4 to on Sunday Night Baseball. Um, the Astros, my pick to win the AL pennant, are certainly, I think, the best team coming out of the gate, but the Angels are 3-1. and You know, the Angels started the season exactly how they wanted, Right, everything that they needed, wanted, has come to fruition. Shohei Otani's healthy. He's homering. He's pitching lights out. Uh, Mike Trout's Mike Trout. <clears throat> you know they're getting good enough pitching from their arms uh, in not just rotation but the bullpen. Uh, and we know the story with the Angels. It's the same story as so many other teams in Major League Baseball. Can they stay healthy and can they pitch? <laughs> you know, stop me if you've heard that before. New York Mets, Washington Nationals, Detroit Tigers, Cleveland Indians, right? Like, stop me if you've heard that before. Cincinnati Reds, you know, stop me if you've heard that before. Everyone, right, it seems like in Major League Baseball. Can you stay healthy and can you give give enough pitching? Speaking of not having enough pitching, in in most recent times, the New York Yankees. Um, you know, believe it or not, the Yankees actually got in short, well, Herman was horrible in the third game against Toronto. They got enough out of Kluber. They got enough out of Cole. But again, these starts aren't, I just hate the way the game is played today with pitchers, four innings pitch, five innings. Oh, and then you hear the, the excuses, right? The analytical bullcrap. Oh, but the season is so early. We got to keep them on the tight rope. We got to keep them uh, innings limit early. We got to save them. We got to keep them fresh. I mean, was Walter Johnson, Christy Mathewson, Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver, Jack Morris, Kurt Schilling, Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, John Smoltz, Whitey Ford, Lefty Grove, Fergie Jenkins, Juan Marichal, Jim Palmer, Gaylord Perry? Were these, Cy Young? Were these guys conserved the first day or two of the season? <laughs> I don't think so. Burt Blylevin? Come on, man. I mean, enough's enough with the, with the excuses. It's absurd. But the Yankees are in midseason form. They're losing exactly the way they lose in the postseason. Helter-skelter pitching. Two out hits, can't get them. They swing for the fences. Right-handed power, right? They're not balanced. They're not versatile. They played terrible defense over the weekend. Glaber Torres was horrific at shortstop. Missed a basic backhand um, and, and other flubs in the field. 
just horrendous. You know, Aaron Judge, the roller coaster continues. Like, when he's in there and healthy, great. And I know he was healthy all weekend. But again, Aaron Judge, right-handed, even when he is healthy. Aaron Judge, big, bulky guy hitting from the right side, swinging for the fences. Wow. I mean, how many of these guys can you possibly have on a roster, you know? How many? How many? I mean, it, it, it it's absurd that they continue to play this way, be built this way. I don't understand why Brian Cashman doesn't see it. I, I don't. I don't get it. It's frustrating to watch. I'm super, super, super exhausted. Um, to be honest with you, watching the Yankees, it, it, it's 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 a joke. Uh, it's pretty. It's too predictable. So they're in midseason form. Uh, the Red Sox were embarrassed. I'm just going to kind of rip now through the divisions. I wanted to kind of hit quickly Angels, Yanks, and, and then I'll just go rip, ripping through baseball. Actually, one more. Before I go division by division, the Dodgers seem like they're just in complete midseason form. I mean, they lose, you know, that first game uh, to the Rockies, and then you know it's just it's just dominating from there. I mean, they they were they were they were crazy good. I mean, they score they lose a game eight five, and then they put up eleven six and four. Um, you know, put up twenty one runs in three games, and just do everything that the Dodgers do. I mean, Urias was great on Sunday. Uh, the offense just rocking and rolling. Um, you know, the, the, the absurdity of their lineup, it's just unbelievable. I mean, how do you pitch to these guys, you know, one after another? Uh, these guys are just so difficult, so difficult. Turner, Bellinger, Betts, on and on it goes, these guys, just one after another. Um, just terrific stuff. Red Sox, horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, they might lose 100 games this year. Baltimore swept them three straight at Fenway. That was pathetic. Tampa, you know, and, and again, Toronto, a team that beat the Yankees, you know, 2-1 two, two and one to start out of the gate. Um, you know, the Rays just figure things out, and that's why I picked them to win a wild card despite losing Charlie Morton and Blake Snell in the trade to San Diego. Um, Detroit, you know, I think just early out of the gate, same thing with Kansas City, 2-1. and one, You know, it's just that early season hope. I expect them to kind of tail off. Same with the Twins. Cleveland at 1-2. and two. The White Sox, 1-3 and three out of the gate. Not really a... Um, Great start to the season. Again, they played that Angel team I just talked about. But the reality is they're going to miss Aloy Jimenez. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any question um, with with this team, uh, the White Sox, with the you know the talent that they have. Jose Abreu is crazy good. Yoan Moncada uh, in the field, and and of course, uh, you know, at the plate, just an overall wonderful player and how about Mercedes huh I mean you want to tell about driving the Mercedes right I mean this guy you're mean Mercedes just tattooing the ball he started eight for eight I believe I saw and uh that was some cool stuff to watch that and certainly this team is you know they're deep they're fun what I like about the White Sox is Tony La Russa now back in the game I'm not a big La Russa fan uh, just wasn't a huge fan of him as a manager, just in general. I just never really loved his personality. And then also, more than that, though, he was the sole reason why Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame, right? And so I don't care if LaRusse is in the Hall of Fame. He should be pulled out of the Hall of Fame for helping to get Baines in the Hall of Fame. But you did see, even in losing form, you saw the star in Lucas Giolito. You see the ability there. 
Uh, we'll see if some of the additions for the White Sox over the last couple of years will come to fruition this year. They need Dale Skykel. They need Liam Hendricks. You know, they need those guys. But this this roster is really talented. I mean, you've got Mercedes. By the way, he's a catcher. Uh, Jose Abreu. You got Tim Anderson. I think they can really hit. You got Adam Eaton. But what I was going to get at, you know, Lewis Robert obviously is a star. Uh, they got a couple of MVP candidates, and, and I hope Jimenez can get back by, by the end of the season. But what's crazy about it is Larusa. You know, he he was he was getting them pressure in the bases, and I like that. Defense and base running, we need those things back in the game. We need hit and runs. We need steals. We need, you know, we need aggressive play. We, you know, we got to we got to get back to some of these basic things in the game. Houston's out of the gate. Offense looks amazing. Obviously, pitching good enough. Oakland at the basement there of the West. The Mariners kind of in between. Texas one and two. Eh. I, I expect those teams to you know be below five hundred when all is said and done. Quickly in the National League, impressive series uh, for the Phillies right out of the gate. Uh, I, I have the Braves winning the World Series, but. The Phillies really put it to them. Uh, you know, three games sweep there. Uh, the Mets and Nats don't play because of the Corona situation. Looking to start the season this week. And Miami 1-2, and two, but I think the Marlins are going to be a feisty, you know, young group again this year. They're going to be hard to beat. Uh, the Central, a <clears throat> little, little uh, odd here to start, right? It, it's kind of the, the start of the season uh, really can give you anything. Cubs 2-1, and one, Reds 2-1, and one, Brewers 1-2. One and two. Um, you know, the Brewers played the Twins, and, and, and it at times looked like a really, really good team. And then other times you're like, man, is this team lost or what? Um, you know, but I think eventually and ultimately the Cardinals will will win that division. And the Dodgers just look like powerhouses right now. I mean, they're 3-1 and one. San Diego. Again, you know, that opening day first game reaction and all the rest, right? Like San Diego loses that first game. Um you know, to Arizona, and they come right back 4-2, 7-0, you know, uh, and then they lose, obviously, Sunday 3-1, to but Tatis homers, but, you know, they win a couple games right after that. They'll be, uh, <clears throat> you know, they'll be fine, I think, San Diego. You know, they'll they'll be they'll be just fine, I think, um, in the standings. I have them going to the playoffs as a wild card team. Uh, actually, they're listed at 3-1, and one. On the year, but I believe they're two and two. They split that series with the D-backs, so I guess maybe a little bit of an error there on the MLB site. But those are some of my thoughts. You know, Mike Trout looks like he's in midseason form. Nice to see Shohei Otani healthy. Uh, Yanks just brutal to watch right now. Dodgers are kings, and uh, it's just good to have baseball back. Um, you know, it's good to have it's good to have the sport back, and it's good to um, you know, see sunshine again and all the rest. So let's bring him in. It's Jim, the man child lurch, my good pal hosting radio still in Syracuse, a long time uh, journalist, TV man, radio man, uh, intern form a long time ago at Channel 9, used to be co workers for the longest time, used to host shows back to back for the longest time, used to cross promote our shows, have each other on all the time. I do miss those days. Uh, Jim, welcome aboard here. Let's get into some of the spring season. I know this is one of your favorite times of the year with Masters, MLB, you name it. Welcome aboard, and uh, hope you're hitting them well early here in, in our golf season as well, my brother. Man, good to talk to you, man. Uh, how's uh, how's life with you uh, in the pandemic? We're working our way out of it. I'm starting to feel a little more normal, I guess. But yeah, everything's pretty good, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Sun is out, and I know this is one of your favorite times of the sports calendar, like me. Yeah. I remember it feels like 100 years ago, but also five minutes ago when you and I were talking about, are we ever going to have a normal sports calendar? What's going to happen? Uh, and here we are, and it, it seems pretty normal. I mean, there's a lot of fans back in stands. We got the Masters this week. 
baseball's off and running. Uh, my horse racing is back in, in, in an unbelievable weekend. Uh, and, and we'll recap SU basketball as well. But I know, I know you love this time of year. Yeah, I think there's always just something about Masters Week, and it kind of feels like the beginning of spring, and it certainly doesn't hurt that we have some pretty nice weather coming our way this week in central New York that'll make it feel that much uh, more uh, like golf. So, yeah, it's it's a neat week, and as you mentioned, the start of baseball, I'm still waiting for my Mets to get going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that was a little unexpected to start the major league baseball season. you got to have the, you know, the one pairing that creates a delay. Uh, in the start of your season, but uh, it, it is a great time of year, Mike. It, it's a time uh, that I think we're going to start slowly but surely, as you mentioned, to see sports look a little more like sports, particularly as fans start to return to sports, which is such an important part, an important piece of what sports really is. Give me your overall sort of takeaways through the first weekend. I mean, you mentioned your Mets didn't play, but give me some 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 immediate takeaways from the baseball season. You know, a couple of players, a couple of teams seem like they're in midseason form. Mike Trout, the Dodgers. Uh, you know my deal on Cashman and the Yankees. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna kick that dead horse right now. But you know, I, I look at Shohei Otani. I mean, here's a guy who we've been waiting to get healthy here—a two-way superstar. He was amazing on Sunday Night Baseball. Pounds a home run. That splitter looks disgusting. What do you have here for me on the baseball side through the, the first opening weekend here? Yeah, well, Otani is fascinating, and I think there, there are a lot of folks out there, a lot of really uh, deep, knowledgeable baseball people that think he could have uh, a year of all years, something really memorable. Of course, he'll have to stay healthy. It's never easy for pitchers to stay healthy, and when you have a guy that also is playing a position as well on days that he's not pitching, that's an interesting uh, situation, and we, we haven't seen that uh, in ages in baseball, if at all, and uh, you know, can he sustain it? But while it's going on, it is obviously a fascinating look. The Dodgers look uh, like the Dodgers again. I mean, they they have so much on their roster that they are, you know, are going to be difficult out in the National League, even if they get nicked up a bit. Uh, although certainly Clayton Kershaw is looking more and more human every year. He strides the hill, and obviously it wasn't a great opening day for him. I'm sure he'll bounce back, but he's not what Clayton Kershaw once was. He can have good stretches, I think, but he's, he's getting up there. Pitchers do age. Although if you look at the Mets, it doesn't look like Jacob deGrom is aging at all. Uh, this guy had an unbelievable preseason. He's throwing the ball in the 90s. 99 uh, routine just as an average speed he certainly can top it out over 100 it seems like his arm's getting stronger as he continues to pitch and continues to get older but there's a guy that doesn't have a lot of mileage on that arm so right. it is interesting to see as pitchers get older sometimes if they don't have a lot of mileage on that arm how they can actually get better and improve and DeGrom is a living breathing example of that I think you've got a weekend, uh, you know, uh, AL East. Uh, I don't think you have a lot of worries for you, for your Yankees, Mike, because I see the Rays taking a step back. I know there's a lot of people that are uh, high on the Blue Jays because of the moves that they made, but I'm still not a total believer in them. Uh, and then, obviously, you've got some teams in that division, like the Red Sox and the Orioles, who, I, you know, I just don't believe in at all at the moment. So uh, I, I think you've got a, a very fluid path uh the question is, what will the Yankees look like at the end of the season? And, you know, will the package be all together or not for them uh, to make another run and to maybe win a World Series? Certainly at least get to a World Series has to be their goal uh, this season.
division. And I think maybe the most interesting division in baseball might be uh, the NL East, where we just don't seem to really know who's going to win. Are the Mets going to emerge? Are the Braves going to keep uh, developing and doing what they've been doing? Or are the Philadelphia Phillies, who spent some money and have revamped that roster, going to be the team to beat? I think that's a very, very fascinating division, the NL East. Well, and with the Yankees, I would agree with you. I think the East is there, but we know what that means it means that you're a really good regular season team that you beat up on you know three four and five arms through series throughout 162 games you hit a ton of home runs you look flashy you look fun right you make a ton of money doing so you win 97 games and then in the postseason you're exposed and I think that's exactly what will happen to them yet again let's move to the Masters uh what are you looking for who do you like I tell you I don't even know how we ask who do you like anymore because of the depth of the tour. We're coming off Jordan Spieth, by the way, getting back in the winner's circle, which that was awesome mm-hmm. to see. Bryson DeChambeau, I think, is absolutely... I know he's got a little bit of a polarizing personality, but goodness, I mean, the way he thinks about the game, his success so far, the wildness of him, I think he's good for the game because people are talking about him. They're talking about the game. There's so many unbelievable players right now. How about the Masters this week and... Uh, you know, we can't wait to, to see those those green fairways and greens and listen to Jim Nance say hello, friends, over and over again. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on, on DeChambeau. Whether you like him or not, number one, he's polarizing. Number two, he, you know, in the wake of Tiger Woods and whether or not Tiger Woods will even ever play golf again at this point, just trying to fight for his, you know, walking eventually. And we'll see. Uh, you know, Tiger will, I, I think he'll try. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, certainly DeChambeau is an interesting specimen and he creates a lot of dialogue and golf needs that because Woods brought them uh, so much in that realm. But there are a lot of great players who can win this Masters. Obviously, with Jordan Speed coming off the win and finally kind of knocking that off his notch coming out of that big, big slump that he was on, you have to feel that he's among the favorites. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas is, is a terrific player who is as yeah. streaky as anyone. He has to be right up there, if not the favorite, certainly number two or number three. Dustin Johnson won it last year, although I would say this. This is a weird one, Mike. We know the last major, uh, the Masters. The yeah, first major isn't that year, crazy? Masters, I know, right? I know. They yeah. played it in the fall, and yeah. there is a lot of talk among golf pundits that because they played it in the fall, the golf course played very differently, and it maybe played a little to the favor of a guy like a Dustin Johnson yep. who won it going away. So the question is, you know, spring Masters, the Masters at its normal time of the year, them able to manipulate that course the way that they can at that time of the year might make it a different Masters and not such an easy one for Dustin uh, Johnson to conquer. So we'll see, but there are some some good ones. And if you want a dark horse guy, how about Scotty Scheffler? Oh, he's yeah. playing really good golf yeah. lately. Uh, he's a guy that could be dangerous and has has had modest success in the Masters, so you you know what the Masters like. Usually, whoever wins it has at some point had some level of success. We don't usually see these guys come out of nowhere that have never had success there, or certainly guys that have never played in the tournament or have only played in it once or twice. So, uh, I, I think you have to look for those guys that maybe have a little bit of a history, at least of finishing in the top ten, maybe even the top five, before you start saying that guy's going to be a winner at Augusta. Jim Lurch, our guest, ML Sports Platter, at Manchild underscore show on Twitter. Just a couple more for you here, Jim. Uh, Syracuse basketball, I mean, uh, you know, the fan base, the majority of the fan base drives me nuts, and they're they're exhausting because here here's the thing. 
recruiting down, mediocrity, oh, the, the ACC move, they're not good enough to compete in the ACC, all these different, they're on the bubble every year, right? All these things that we hear the, 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 the fans bitching about every year. And then something happens at the end. They win a couple of big games this year, Carolina Clemson. They're on the bubble. You know they're getting in. They get in, and then they make noise again. And they're in the Sweet 16. So I've been arguing with these people. Look, you guys can tell me all day long that Jim Beheim, you know, the game has passed him by. The offense is too much ISO. You can tell me that they're mediocre in the regular season. You can tell me that you don't like losing the majority of your games in the ACC. You can tell me all that stuff. But if you end up in the Sweet 16, if you're making Elite Eights, if you're making Final Fours you know, every other four or five years, does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Right? <laughs> it really doesn't. It does not like, matter. It doesn't. And so all that noise just kind of wilts away. I often think, too, though, that the noise that we hear from the Syracuse fan, um, because uh, we live in the world of, of talk radio and podcasts and, and, and just, you know, our world is so open. Uh, to those fans that want to scream the loudest from the rooftops. And I don't know if it's fair sometimes that we judge the entire fan base by those that shout the loudest, because it's often those, right, that are the quiet ones in the back of the room that sometimes can make the most noise. We just don't hear it every single day, right? So, you know, maybe, you know, I think if we took a poll, we'd find out that people don't want Jim Beheim going anywhere. Will there be a noisy few that say, he's just, you know, all those things that you said, right? Pass, the game is past him. He can't recruit. He's lost too many big recruits. People are leaving the program. I do think, though, Mike, and it really was the talk of uh, the Manchild show uh, for uh, a number of weeks. It wasn't just, uh, you know, conveniently placed at the end of the year or anything like that. And that was his handling this year of Kadari Richmond. I, I just, it's one of the more perplexing ones for me. I have watched Jim maneuver with players over the years. I have watched him work his bench. I have watched him put guys in and out of the doghouse and and, and at times be very effective in doing it. I, I don't know that I ever have loved his tactics, but I've come to understand his tactics. But this Kadari Richmond situation and just not playing him when he clearly was the better player um, and clearly deserved close to the 30-plus minutes a game versus the you know, between, you know, closer to 20 minutes a game, even sometimes even less than 20 minutes a game that he was getting, just made no sense to me. And it obviously has resulted in this young man looking to transfer someone else and likely to be playing in another uniform next year. And I think we're going to find out he's a big loss. So, you know, it just is disappointing that this has not worked out the right way for Jim Behan. That I hate to say that I'm right when I don't want to be right. But I'm right, and I don't want to be right because I wanted to see this kid play for another season in Syracuse Orange, and I'm just at a loss as to why Jim Behan didn't give him more minutes when he clearly deserved them. I couldn't agree with you more on that, and um, you know he's got his ways. You know, Kadari Richmond for me falls into in a shorter SU career, he falls into a Tyler Roberson category for me. Uh, you know, a, a man what could have been type of a thing. You know, just for a year here, Roberson a couple more you know years, but gosh. He, you look at that and the tactics and the maneuvering that you mentioned, and it's it's really it's really unfortunate. All right, final thing for you, Jim. I don't know if you realize this, but this um, this upcoming summer, twenty one years ago, I interned for you at News Channel Nine in Central New York. Came wow. in there, was dressed to impress, recording the videos. You and Steve and Doug Logan and all. Can, I mean, do you think about those days ever? Wow. It's been decades now since you and I uh, met, and obviously we've worked together and the friendship uh, that we have, uh, I obviously have cherished. And But, man, that, 
Does it seem like 21 years or or, or, or a year ago? Which one? Yeah, it doesn't feel like a year ago. But it yeah, doesn't feel true. Like, it doesn't feel like 21 years ago either. I, I know it is. It is remarkable, Mike. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I don't forget those days. Uh, you know, I remember so many of our wonderful interns and, and so many people that came through that building. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a great experience at Channel Nine and, and really enjoyed the medium of television. If you had asked me uh, 21 years ago, you know, where are you going next? I would not have told you radio. I would not have told you that I would have been doing my own talk show for 16, 17 years. Uh, you know, uh, that I would have worked with Bud Poliquin for 15 years, you know, that, uh, you know, it's it's been a long, interesting road and not the road that I saw myself taking. I really thought that I would have stayed in television a lot longer. Uh, I liked the medium a great deal, uh, but I, I found a place in radio. It resulted in, in a show. And, uh, and that show has been on all these years. And, it, you know, I have a lot of great memories from the show as well. So I remember both fondly. I, obviously, I remember my days at Channel 9, and I, I really loved my time in television. Uh, and I, I've also come to really love my time in radio. So, uh, you know, uh, but the clock keeps on ticking, my friend. Keeps yeah. on ticking. My, yeah. my son's in college, man. That's I know. That's all, all I have to know is my son is in college right now. <laughs> that is crazy in That's itself. absurd. Absurd. No doubt. Jim the Manchild Lurch at Manchild underscore show. Show on Twitter. Go give him a follow. The Man Child Show with Boy Green. Syracuse-based talk show, of course, on the score 1260, 10 a.m. to noon, Monday through Friday. Jim, appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Mike. Great to talk to you. You know, a quick little thought on the Masters, too. Um, I am intrigued by something that Jim said and and that I've read a, couple, a little bit, too, and certainly, you know, heard some golf pundits mention and it's exactly what Jim said with you know this being the, the the last major was the Masters and this major is the Masters how do guys who succeeded in the fall perform in the spring um you know a, a Dustin Johnson is the course going to be a little bit changed from the fall uh I almost liken a, a guy whose overall game is and there's so many guys who have this overall game, but an overall game that's so spectacular, that has a little bit of streakiness in them, and who can really putt on the weekends, right? Because we know you have to putt on the weekends to win any major, any golf tournament, anywhere you have to putt. But in the majors especially, you, know, you got to hit those four to six foot putts. You got to make you know the occasional twelve foot birdie putt, double breaker, right? You got to make multiple ones of those, and. I think, you know, Justin Thomas falls into that category for sure. I mean, he's a guy who I think could 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 win this thing, no doubt about it. There's a lot of guys who can win it. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to take Just, Justin Thomas. I am. I mean, there's a lot of different players um, who are out there who can win. DeShambo certainly won. I mean, DeShambo seems to be a guy who, you know, between his analytical stuff, the way he hits the ball... You know, off the tee, the tee is one thing, but his short game is the reason why he has he has won. You know, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, is it nice to have a a seventy five yard start on everybody off the tee, a fifty yard start, thirty to fifty yard start on some courses? Yeah, but we all know that if he didn't have the short game to back it up, he wouldn't have titles right now. He wouldn't have you know major uh, a major under his belt. He he just he wouldn't. Um, 
and, and Jordan Spieth to me is is extremely intriguing because you know he had been I mean this is a monumental deal for Jordan Spieth ending the drought Texas Open home state um and you know remember when he tapped in for par to win the British Open for for major number 3 11th victory in 5 years and everybody said, whoa, look out. You know, it's kind of like when the Cubs won the, the World Series finally. You know, it went from, it went from uh, those lovable losers to, to dynasty. We started throwing that word around and the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom. And all of a sudden, things close. Things happen, right? Because there's competition. It's hard to sustain winning. I mean, it's sports. This stuff happens all the time. Well, it had been 1,351 days since he last won, 82 events on tour without winning. Number one player in the world, out of the top 100, and now he's back. And it was somewhat of a mystifying slump. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but at sports, stuff happens a lot. And I tell you what, the birdie chances, the six under 66, making those huge putts down the stretch, Holding off Hoffman, um, the pizzazz, the walk around, all that sort of thing was just great to see. And by the way, by the way, during this slump, people who wrote Jordan Spieth off were idiots. And it's easy for somebody to listen to me and say that after he just won. But no, really, they were idiots. And I said it during the time of the slump. This guy's won majors. He knows how to win the biggest golf tournaments. He's a terrific player. And, oh, by the way, he's only 27 years old. If Jordan Spieth honestly retired today, he'd go into the Hall of Fame because of the multiple majors he has won and the success he has had on tour. If you look at the annals of history and you look at where he's been, what he's done, where he's won, it's a Kofaxian sort of start to his golf career where he's done more in a short amount of time than most have done in a long amount of time, right? I mean, Jordan Spieth, historically, probably right now because of the majors and all the rest, is a greater golfer than many other players who have multiple majors as well, or one major. Fred Couples, John Daly, he's probably ahead of those kind of players, and he's only 27 years old. So those who who gave up on him, you know, they're eating some crow now. And Jordan Spieth, I think, is a fascinating story to watch in the majors uh, this year now because he got that elephant... Uh, off the back, and let's see if he can get to the Masters and keep the hot streak going. ML Sports Platter, big time, big time thanks to Jim Lurch for coming on and chatting. Spring season, the uh, Masters Week MLB start, recapping the Syracuse basketball season as well. I'm Mike Lindsley, the ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brian uh, at Bryant Stratton College, as well as Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. And a big tip of the cap, thank you to Ken's Auto Detailing as well. If you are in and around central New York, get on over to Ken's Auto Detailing today for an A to Z car detail. Hey, we're hoping winter is officially gone in the upper northeast. Make sure you get your car to Ken's Auto Detailing, inside, outside, wax and wash, you name it. Ken's Auto Detailing literally has the best detail around, and when you drive away from that parking lot, you feel like you have a brand new car. Ken's Auto Detailing, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter at MikeLSports, and as I always tell you, enjoy the games.
Snow falls on an old apartment. Inside, the holiday season is in swing. On the first floor, cokes are poured and stories shared among friends. Three flights up, one generation passes down the family recipe to the next. Inside every home, there's magic. Coca-Cola. Real magic. Enjoy the real magic of the season with close friends, family, and refreshing Coca-Cola paired with all your holiday meals. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. (gasps) She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.